0: ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive.
1: It is Monday, April 19th. Your Drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw, hard seltzer. It's made pure. Coming up today on the program, the head coach of the Conference USA champions for 2020 in men's soccer Chris Grassi, he joins us here in the next few minutes. Busy weekend from him. Yesterday, the Thundering Herd finished out the regular season 9-2-2, winning its second consecutive Conference USA championship. It was a 2-0 victory over 12th ranked Charlotte at Hoops Family Field. And so, guess what? Thundering Herd are in the NCAA tournament. Automatic bid. You get the trophy. Great celebration yesterday. A lot of fans showed up despite the regulations. uh, There were numerous fans there, so people weren't deterred. So Marshall had everything uh, they could possibly do uh, in place, as many fans as they possibly could put in in place. And it sure wasn't a full house compared to what it's been. But for what the restrictions are and what the guidelines are, it was a great crowd. And so the Thundering Herd win the Conference USA Championship. Now, Thundering Herd in the tournament will take on the Fordham Rams second round of the NCAA tournament. Now, it's the second round. But the Thundering Herd, this isn't necessarily a bye here and they're in the second round because Thundering Herd are in the second round only because there's a play-in round. And the play-in round takes place. Ahead of this, so the NCAA is calling it the second round. Okay, that's fine. But if Marshall can beat Fordham, and Fordham's pretty good, they're 7 0 2. They won the Atlantic 10 championship with a 2 0 win over George Washington on Saturday, so they're really good as well. So this is a, a tough opening matchup, but if Marshall can advance to the third round, there's a potential of playing the number one overall seed Clemson. If you look at this bracket, you have to start scratching your head. Well, wait a minute. The Conference USA champion facing off against a tough first round opponent, and that's fine because they're not that many teams in the tournament, so everybody's going to be tough. But the Conference USA champion, ranked number nine, top ranked team for the majority of the year, taking on the number one overall seed, Clemson, in the third round if Marshall should advance. And you look at Conference USA, Charlotte. Not to say North Carolina is an easy opponent, but Charlotte gets North Carolina. And then if Charlotte advances, there's the potential of playing Stanford. You could take on Denver or UNC Greensboro because that's a play-in game to get to Stanford. So Charlotte can face off against some tough opponents, but not Clemson tough. And then Kentucky will face off against New Hampshire with the potential to play either future Conference USA member, Coastal Carolina, or Wake Forest, Wake Forest number five seed. But Marshall, Marshall's the Conference USA championship, and those teams, it seems like maybe on paper got the better draw because Clemson's going to be tough. Clemson's going to be a tough out in the tournament. But Chris Grassy earlier today, when I talked to him, talking about, look, we're, we're in this to play for a national championship. So somebody's got to get beat eventually at that level. So bring him on is basically the impression I got from him. We'll talk about that later with the coach. He's going to join me live here in the next few minutes. But of course, that question I asked him earlier today during his zoom after the selection show. And you can listen to that at your leisure on my Twitter feed. I've got the video posted right now. Of him answering that question at Paul Swan. And of course, I post things like that all the time. If you would follow me on social media at Paul Swan, you can find out if I've got guests coming up on the show. You can get links to the podcast. Anytime something's going on with me or the show, you can follow along again on Twitter. So we'll hear from Coach here in the next few minutes. Later on in the program, we're going to go back this weekend and look at what happened in spring football, the Thundering Herd beating the Thundering Herd. Now, I started calling it the green and white game, and of course, I had to pull back from that. It wasn't the green and white game. It was the Marshall Spring game. Marshall Spring football game is the official wording of this thing. And the reason being is because one team wore green, one team wore black, so you really can't call it a green and white game. It's the Marshall Spring football game. And Grant Wells finally started to... uh, find some success in that second half. Uh, we saw the emergence of Shahid Ahmed, and he looked pretty good. I mean, a couple of touchdowns. Marshall in the green beats the black squad 34-10. to 10. There were 5,581 fans at Jonesy Edwards Stadium. And for the most part, everyone went home happy. Marshall gets the much-needed excitement boost in spring football that will carry over now. So hopefully for the Thundering Herd, that's going to translate into season tickets. That's going to translate into people showing up, supporting the program. It was important put your best foot forward. And for a while, it looked kind of, wow, I don't know. The defense definitely looked ahead of the offense. And we'll talk about that later. We've got Coach Huff's comments from earlier this weekend. So we'll hear from him. As I mentioned, uh, we're going to hear from Coach Grassi. After we talk to Coach Grassi, we're going to get your phone calls in, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. So we'll talk to Coach when we continue. Later on, we'll hear from the head coach of the Marshall football team, Charles Huff, on what he thought over the weekend after the spring game concluded. That's all coming up on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930.
0: We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: It's been a fun couple of days for the Marshall Soccer program. Thundering Heard winning the Conference USA Championship on the home field at Hoops Family Field against number 12, Charlotte. You win that matchup 2 0. Then you go into today, this afternoon, was the NCAA Selection Show and an event at the Cam Henderson Center. Marshall's soccer program looked onward as the pairings were announced, and we didn't have to wait long. We found out when the Thundering Herd would play the opponent and what the rest of the bracket looked like. And to tell us more about a very fun and busy weekend, here's the head coach of the Marshall soccer team, Chris Grassian, coach of... First of all, uh, again, want to uh, reiterate, congratulations, back-to-back. Back. It's it's hard to do it the first time. It's probably even harder to do it the second time.
2: Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it was uh, very much a, a more difficult task this year. Teams played completely differently against us. You know, we we, we had to earn that respect in, in 2019, and, and, and now we had it. And so we had the, the team's best efforts, and we had a more defensive approach uh, from teams. So it was a little bit more difficult, yes, for sure.
1: So you win, you win in front of the home fans. That was probably I'm sure a treat for you that wasn't the case uh, last time you played for the conference championship neutral location, but this year the way the schedule worked out, no tournament, the schedule set up beautifully for you to play Charlotte, the team you like to get after the most for the right to be called champion, and I'm sure that had to be even more exciting for you than the first time when you won it with the team.
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, this it was um I think, for, you know, for me, it was interesting because playing Charlotte at home, you know, we, we kind of, I mean, we've been talking about it for months, right? That this was going to break down to the, the championship game. And, and once they beat Kentucky and then we beat Kentucky, it looked like this was going to be the, um, this was definitely going to be a championship matchup. But for me, it was, it was more exciting last year. I think, you know, the first one is the hardest and the second one now, it, it's it's not less sweet. It's just our goal is set higher. You know, this was a rung on the ladder we've already accomplished, and so we just had to do it again. And now we've got our sights set on the summit. You know, trying to win that national championship. So that's the the next hurdle. So I think as soon as it was done, I was more um, looking to the next games as opposed to to you know celebrating the, the championship.
1: So you get to watch the selection show this afternoon, Henderson Center on the big screen, and your team's all set, ready to go. And you see the pairings and you find out your opponent, you've got Fordham and we'll talk about the rest of the bracket in a second, but right off the bat, you get a tough opponent in Fordham. What are your impressions now? You've had a few hours to, to start thinking about your opponent and uh, what can you tell us about Fordham?
2: Yeah, I think Fordham are very similar to sort of FIU in our conference, Um, you know, similar style to Charlotte. Um, You know, they're going to play, you know, pretty direct. Uh, We, we had, Played against their coach uh, when I was at Division Two for, for Charleston. We played against them when he was at Adelphi. And so um, it'll again be a clash of styles. You know, we'll try and keep the ball in play and, and they'll, you know, try and pump it along and fight for things. So uh, it, it'll be definitely a, a different challenge or, sorry, a similar challenge to what we faced this year, but obviously different circumstances with the NCAA tournament, uh, everything on the line. Um, it'll be tricky, you know. So, so we're going to go in as, as prepared as possible and You know, I think we've played enough teams like that this year in the conference where we can just, you know, tell them what's going to happen, tell our guys what's going to happen, but we can focus on us. You know, we can we can focus on on, you know, our strengths. We can focus on, you know, correcting a couple of our weaknesses and uh, really worry about our game, because I think if we play our game to our best, uh, the best of our ability, we'll win.
1: Chris Grassy joins me, the head coach of the Marshall soccer program, the Thundering Herd, winning its second straight Conference USA title. Automatic qualifier to the NCAA tournament will face off against Fordham. And you can't look too far ahead. I can, but this was one of the questions that was asked of you uh, from multiple members of the media as we all joined the Zoom earlier is, You look at where you're at in the bracket, and you look ahead, if you're a fan, you see number one seed, overall seed, Clemson. And it feels like maybe Marshall didn't get the respect it should because this is a tough draw in comparison to some of the other Conference USA teams, and not to take away anything from their opponents, but it feels like you got the tougher draw here, and you're the champ.
2: Yeah, no, we we definitely got the toughest side of the draw. You know, you've got uh, number one seed Clemson. You've got reigning national championships, George uh, uh, national champs Georgetown on our side of the bracket. But we're happy about it. I mean, it doesn't matter. You've got to beat the best. You know, if you want to be the best, you've got to beat the best. And so give us Fordham. Let's focus on Fordham. And then after that, you know, if we beat Clemson, um, you know, Technically, the number one seed has the easiest side of the bracket. So if we beat them, then we get that advantage. But um, we're, we're excited. I mean, it, it could be it could be a great year for for you know Marshall soccer. We 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 really back ourselves. We're really confident. And I've got tons of respect for Mike Noonan at Clemson and the job he's done. And um, you know, I got a soft spot for him from uh, back when he was at Brown. Uh, and I think you know facing a team like that, if we're lucky enough to to get past Fordham, I mean, it's, it's what we want to do. You know, we want to play against the best teams and then when you beat them and you beat the, the reigning champions, nobody can hold it. Nobody can say you had an easy side of it. Nobody can say, hi, hey, well, it was a COVID year and, you know, it wasn't a real championship. When you're playing all the best teams to win it, you know, that that, that makes it even sweeter and we're confident that we can do that. So, it doesn't matter. We play anybody. Anybody in the country, anytime, anywhere, we, we want to we want to play them and, and you know, prove that we're the best.
1: I was going to say that uh, for some coaches, and I'm not criticizing any coach, but some coaches, you know, they might see this as, okay, hey, maybe you're you're overlooking us a little bit. You're like, okay, just put us right there. We'll take on Clemson. We'll take on anybody, no matter when or where. We'll just play you, and we'll see how it shakes out. For a lot of fans, uh, that's refreshing. They love that because you're wanting to go out and prove that martial soccer is the best and how do you improve martial soccer's the best? Well, you take on Clemson and you take on Georgetown and you take on anybody, anywhere.
2: Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, that's the what's it the, the line from the movie The Matrix. You know, where he's talking about the um, the agents. You know, they're, they're, they're standing in the way. They're locking all the doors. They're blocking all the doors and somebody somewhere has to take them on. And if, you know, we're, a, we're from a, a mid-major conference and if we want to be with the elite with all the power five schools you're gonna to have to beat them you know you're gonna to have to beat them and and let's you know everybody's at a neutral site so it makes it you know a little bit fairer and and you just we just go in and we play them and if we're playing them in a parking lot or we're playing them on a you know grass pitch or a field turf pitch or you know whatever it might be we'll play anywhere anytime and we'll try and win the game you know and that's what that's what we need to do and i think we're very confident in our ability to do so and you know we've been very focused one game at a time this season, so we'll put all our attention to forum. We won't think what's going to happen next. Obviously, we as a staff have to make plans for scouting, we have to make plans for travel, we have to make plans for um the logistics of it. But in terms of the focus of the team, it's going to be forum, and then it'll be whoever wins the next game will play them. And we just don't care, so you know, we we believe we're the best, we believe we can beat anybody. Um, if we do our if we Play the way we can play. We can beat anybody. I mean, it's a, it is a, a kind of a, a fact of it. Um, you know, obviously there's some other good teams as well who can who feel the same way, who feel like they, they have a great a great team, and, and some of them rightfully do. You know, and and, and so there should be some teams I feel really confident going in. But we are we are one of the teams that I believe realistically we have a legitimate shot of winning it. So can't wait for uh, two weeks to get here.
1: Chris Grassy joins me, the head coach of the Marshall Soccer Program, the Thundering Herd facing off against Fordham, and you mentioned a couple weeks from now that's when it will take place, you're going to be in sort of a bubble situation. You're going to be in a neutral location. It's pretty much going to be play, practice, hotel room. Is that, in a nutshell, the gist of what your experience is going to be?
2: Uh, I I mean, I think so. I don't – you know, with us playing – you know, we're we're an hour or so away from Kerry uh, for the first game. Um, So I don't know what the situation is going to be, whether we're going to have to change hotels. Um, You know, we'll just, we'll take it as it comes. They haven't given us a ton of information about what it's going to look like and where we're going to be staying and and all that stuff. So I I think it's going to be difficult to do it like a a bubble, you know, and to be fair to our guys, I mean, everybody on the team is going to be fully vaccinated by the time we go down there. So, you know, they don't have to feel like, you know, the COVID is everywhere and it's, it's, it's really a, you know, difficult thing. Obviously we're gonna, you know, take our precautions and, and we'll follow whatever rules the NCAA put in. But I think in terms of peace of mind for the guys, I don't think it has to feel like they're in a you know, in a bubble like it was in the, the beginning of the pandemic when they're trying to run some sporting events. I think we can be a little bit more relaxed with it. And I think we can, you know, be in the same room together and I think we can have conversations of, you know, with, with over like a team meal or something. I think all those sort of things will come back in. And and I think the guys need that. You know, they need that return to normalcy. It's been really stressful on them mentally and you know we're excited to get on the road because we haven't had a a ton of opportunities this year to get on the road and stay in hotels and and do like normal team things and so this could present us with a fantastic opportunity to do that safely with us all being vaccinated i think it's going to be um a great experience for us and and one that will probably feel like the bonding experience that we usually have in pre-season in a normal year this might give us that opportunity to kind of get to know each other you know, sing songs on the bus, that sort of thing, where, you know, we, we kind of haven't been able to do, you know, the the, the fun, or the not even the fun, just the, just the hanging out as a team. And, and so we're hoping that this provides that opportunity.
1: Chris Grassi joins me, Thundering Herd, in the NCAA tournament, uh, automatic qualifier from Conference USA. And you talked about the quality of Conference USA earlier today. Kentucky gets in, Charlotte gets in, And even a future member in Coastal Carolina gets an at-large bid. So right there, you have three official members and a fourth one coming all in the NCAA tournament. Conference USA really making a name for itself in how good of a soccer league it is. I mean, there are other leagues that maybe just got one bid. I mean, you, as as part of Conference USA, you're part of a league that got three bids.
2: Yeah, and look, that's been something I think that we've worked really hard on since you know since I got here was was trying to be a collective group because the ACC dominates soccer, right? They, but they do it through it's publicity, it's it's sort of social media, it's being on the right committees, it's it's obviously they have great programs and story programs, you know, but we're always fighting against so almost propaganda of of how great they are and. And they deserve that, you know, and they, and they definitely fight for that position. But I thought as a, for us as a conference, unless we work together to the outside world, we have to show one front. We have to push Conference USA Soccer because we have some great teams in here. But if everybody, if everybody goes by themselves, you know, and we don't make decisions in the best uh, interest of the entire conference, then we'll never catch up. And the Big East were overtaking us and uh, they were working together strategically to push the conference. And then. When you're inside the conference, obviously, you know, we don't get along with Charlotte for 90 minutes on the pitch. We, we just don't like each other. It's terrible. But outside, I've got nothing but respect for the, the program that they put together, the success that they've had. You know, they deserve that. They're a great representation of Conference USA. They do well every year. You know, so, so fair play to them. So we can hate each other for 90 minutes. And within the league itself, we can fight tooth and nail to, to win that championship. But outside, we have to be happy for each other. We have to push each other. We have to support each other. And we have to make decisions that are in the best interest of, of putting five or six Conference USA teams in the tournament regularly. And that's how we become the soccer powerhouse.
1: Chris Gatsby he's my guest. Chris, of course, the head coach of the back-to-back Conference USA champions and soccer. The Thundering Herd will get set for Fordham, then hopefully on your way to the the national championship, it was fun. It was fun yesterday. It's uh, definitely um, something that um, deserves a lot of, of credit for you, the players. Uh, I mean, you mentioned it's not just you, it's it's the players as well, and you, you've got a really good group of kids who have bought in and who have really become, a, I think, some of the most active members of the Marshall community.
2: Yeah, you know, it, it is a terrific, a terrific group of players. Um, you know, and I think I, I also, you know, want to point out my staff. I've got this young staff, you know, all around sort of 30 years old, and they're all just hungry to learn. They're all sort of, I just look at them as like young experts. You know, they're, they're really passionate about it. They're really dedicated. They really, you know, know their stuff. And, and there's this environment, you know, from with all the assistant culture, strength and conditioning staff, um, you know, who they kind of create this fantastic growth environment. And I think the players do the same. They, they buy into it. You know, we have a couple of slogans that we put up, but one of them is if you want to, you know, play faster, if you want to create faster uh, play, you don't train the feet, you train the mind to think faster. And I think that's the kind of environment that we, we try and create. You know, we work about work a lot on, on humility, on growth mindset, on being coachable on how to take information, how to take criticism and develop Um and I think that the sort of staff and 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 the players do a great job of of just kind of making that a uh, sort of continuous growth process as opposed to just a one and done. And we're always willing to learn, and we're always willing to you know challenge ourselves um, and, and grow. You know, and and I think the the group that we have, you know, especially around me with those assistant coaches, they just it's not a yes environment. I mean, Josh and Peta very rarely tell me yes. You know, they always have a counterpoint or an argument. And we always end up with a well-thought-out decision because it's, it is, it is, you know, guys who know their stuff and who are willing to, to, to speak their mind. And, you know, when we go to the players, we, we present it, and we allow the players' freedom to talk to us. And if they have a problem with something, they, they tell us, you know. And it's um, it's one of the things I love about coaching men, and one of the reasons that I, you know, I don't coach too much youth is it's just, you know, that environment of a bit of give and take and, and being able to speak your mind. And I think that's been... One of the keys to success here is is just having that that open dialogue and that growth mindset, but also sort of contentious arguments about your point, you know, and and, and doing it in a respectful way, and um, learning how to articulate, uh, you know, some of your desires and some of your your questions has been such an important part to this.
1: Is there anyone on that um, on that squad of yours that stands out above? It's very hard for me to put a finger on anyone individually on your team. And, and say that's the that's the standout among the standout. Is, is that bad design or just you're fortunate that you have so many quality athletes and quality individuals that you really can't single one or two of them out?
2: Yeah, I think that that's definitely, um, it's definitely the environment. It's difficult to say that this guy should be a pro when there's 10 other people who are at the same level, you know, and, and I think uh, a guy like Vito Diaz, right, who, who, you know, who's got a lot of press this year and will win a lot of awards, is, you know, he's he's played well within the system and he's got the goals when others haven't, and it's kind of in the stats-driven way that people on the outside will look at it. You know, he's the one who can take the plaudits for the team. You know, I think with with Ollie uh, in goal with the shutouts or Nate and calling at the back, you know, it's easy for them to take the plaudits because of the stats. But as a group, this group is very very even from from top to bottom, and the quality is. Um, you know, sort of ramping right throughout the team. And it's very balanced in terms of where our strengths are, you know. So if we all have to muck in and defend, we can all do that. You know, if we need somebody to pop with a goal, it might be Jan-Erik from from the defensive line who might score. Or it might be, you know, Vito from the midfield. Or it might be, you know, Pedro playing. When Pedro scored, he was playing as a defensive midfielder. So um, the talent is there on the team. And you're right. It's very much like a group of equals.
1: Joining you on the program, the head coach of the victorious Conference USA champion, Marshall Thundering Herd, back-to-back soccer champions in Conference USA, off to the NCAA tournament here in a couple weeks. Coach, uh, again, congratulations. Fantastic to be able to talk to you about this. And before I let you go, completely different topic off of Marshall athletics, completely different. First of all, Kudos to you for dropping a Matrix movie reference into the conversation, so kudos there. <laughs> but in a nutshell, explain to me all the furor over the Super League. What is going on? Because my timeline on social media has been filled up with nothing but martial soccer and Super League.
2: Oh, I think, I mean, the Super League is a travesty. It's a, I can try to explain the politics, at least as I understand them, but well, what's happening is the owners, the new owners, um, well, business people first and foremost of the sort of the, the so-called big six clubs in, in the UK. Though Arsenal don't have a right to claim that anymore. Spurs have Spurs haven't won anything ever, so I don't know how they can claim that. But in terms of the the teams that, circa 2017, were at the top of the money list in the UK, have got together with. An almost bankrupt Barcelona, who are one billion, uh, over one billion dollars in debt. Real Madrid are in debt. Juventus, who are in debt. AC Milan are in debt, and they've tried to form this super league backed by J.P. Morgan, um, who are going to finance the whole thing to to basically quadruple or, or you know triple their income from the Champions League to play in this specific super league, European super league. I don't think they can call it super. I don't think they can call it European because there's 56 other countries represented in UEFA um, who have a much more storied history than a lot of these clubs. If you think, ah, you actually think Benfica, you think Celtic, you think these teams, Red Star, Belgrade. You think these teams across Europe who represent the history of the tournament and they're trying to cut these people out and and trying to take sort of the the big money for themselves. And also they're, they're just the way that the pyramid works, the way it's always worked is you could start a, a pub team. You could start a local team and invest and build and invest and build and grow all the way to be European champions. The pyramid was open as long as you met, you know, safety capacity with stadiums and, and things like that. As long as you grew and in, in a sort of organic, natural manner, you could go from nothing to the top. And there was promotion relegation. There's always sort of no safety net for you. You can get relegated. If you don't perform well, you can go down. And, and these teams just want to throw that out the window. I think it's disgraceful. It's, it's, it's just greed. It's just greed of, of, of 12 clubs. And they're trying to, because they're financially at the top right now, they're trying to, I don't know, how do I say it? They're trying to just destroy the history of, of what it means to be part of this, um, you know, the European soccer leagues and in the countries just it's just it's disgraceful it's just greed it's it's sickening and i hope they don't get away with it and i hope they're kicked out of the leagues and really punished to the point where it's not worth them not worth it to do them and i think the the, the, the english clubs particularly are just silly because the premier league is winning that battle you know they're, they're winning the revenue battle of becoming the, the the game that the world wants to see and so that spain Barcelona and Real Madrid have run themselves like with their own TV rights, and you know, but they're massively in debt. Whereas English clubs are more the, the six English clubs are better run and they have more money and more stability, and they're giving all that up to try and do the model that hasn't worked for the Spanish club. So I think it's greed, I think it's sickening, and hopefully it doesn't happen.
1: That is the best explanation that I have heard or read all day long, coach. I appreciate you because. I'm sitting there going, "What is this about?" And you succinctly put it in a um, in a great form for me and everyone else to understand. I thank you for that.
2: <laughs> well, I'm glad I could uh, I could, could help. I hope I got it right there. I obviously don't know. I'm not privy to all information, but from what I've read, that's that's what I can gather.
1: Congratulations once again, Coach. Uh, it's been a fun ride so far. Can't wait to see uh, what happens next, and uh, we'll have you back soon. Uh, good luck as you get ready for the NCAA tournament. Thanks, Paul. Chris Grassy, head coach of the Marshall Soccer team. And um against the um European Super League. I'm serious. Um that was that was my social media timeline today. It was Marshall Soccer, because I follow a lot of Herd fans and a lot of Herd Media and others. So Marshall Soccer. And I follow a lot of sports outlets. So Super League. It's like the, t- the Twitter algorithm today was like, Paul, you're going to see nothing but soccer today. And so this is what I've been looking at all day. Well, what is the Super League? No, this shouldn't be a bad idea. Everyone hates it. Well, why does everyone hate this? Coach Grassy, pointing it out. Like that little dig there? You know, he, w- he wasn't having it with a couple of those teams. Coach Huff. How'd he do this weekend? We're going to find out when we continue Marshall Spring football in the books. We'll talk about it here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
0: This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM
1: and AM 930. Welcome back to the Monday edition, The Drive on ESPN ninety four point one and AM nine thirty. Paul Swan, your host, our producer this afternoon, Nick Berzolini. Saturday was a busy day for the Thundering Herd across many fronts. Softball was in action. Baseball was in action. Baseball. Split their four-game series with FIU, so that's a step in the right direction for the baseball team. Softball gets three out of four games this series against FAU, so some good things happening there. And, of course, Nick, the green and white get – oh, wait. I can't call it that, Nick. I can't call it that. I, I got to call it the spring game because the jerseys were green and black. I, I didn't hear too much about that, though. I always kind of wonder if herd fans would get a little miffed that it wasn't green and white. I've seen a few people mention, you know, hey, white's a color of the school, not black. It's green and white. So luckily we didn't have too much of that. And the one thing I was probably going to be most worried about, Nick, was Grant Wells, 3 of 13 in that first half. I'm sure if that second half he didn't look good, we might have had a different show today. But instead he looks a lot better in that second half and Coach Huff talked about his performance in that second half. It was a rough start. Really it was. I mean, again, you go three and thirteen. That's not what you're wanting to show when you're trying to retain or fight for your job. Coach talked about Grant and how he performed after that three and thirteen start.
3: Probably saw in the first first half or first quarter, whatever you want to look at it, he was probably a little bit, a little bit juiced, you know, a little energy, a little jittery, um, obviously with with some different O linemen in there. Um, not the group that he's used to for the last 13 or so practices. Um, but what I think, if you look, what what you really saw is he settled down big time in the second half and was able to make some plays. And that's what you you, you want from your quarterback and your leader, you know and and with a limited uh, play selection, there were probably some things that we could have done if we were truly game planning that would have gave him the ability to get the ball out quicker. Um, You know, we would have ran the ball a little more. I didn't want to turn it into mud ball where all of a sudden we got linemen getting mudded up. Uh, So I limited uh, the runs, the amount of runs that they could run as far as how many times. Uh, But I do think what you saw Grant able to do is kind of settle down and take control of the troops. You know, I think um, for the first time all spring, I probably saw him smile towards the end of the second half, uh, which was good. I didn't think he liked me when I first got here, but I think we're okay now. Um, but no, I, I think what you saw is what you see from a true leader. A true leader is able to kind of settle in and start to get into a rhythm, and that's what I think he did as the day went on.
1: I think one of the standouts we saw on the field, and you're going to start learning his name a lot more, is Shadid Ahmed. He had a pretty good performance, and Coach talked about his progression throughout spring.
3: And Shadid has been phenomenal. He, he He's worked his tail off. Um, But what you saw today is kind of what we saw throughout the spring. You know, there were some very um, explosive plays. He's got an unbelievable skill set. He's got good twitch, good body and balance control. He's fast. Um, You know, but the consistency, and and I think you guys haven't seen it, but I got a chance to see him grow as a wide receiver. But more importantly, he grew as a competitor. There were some balls earlier in spring where he would just kind of jump, and if it didn't catch, it didn't catch it. And as the spring went on, he started fighting. And I think you saw a little bit of that today. You know, he started fighting for an extra yard. He started fighting for position. And I think that's what he's going to have to do. You know, Corey goes down, um, you know, with with a hamstring, you know, tug there. Um, He's going to be fine, but he went down. So now we got to have those guys step up, you know. So to me, this game was bigger than just the game. It was a great example of what we're going to have to do throughout the season to get to where we want
1: to be. One thing is for certain, um, Coach, when talking to him on Saturday, you could just tell he's excited. He's really excited. He's got some depth at defensive lineman. He's really up on that, and he talked about that with the media on Saturday.
3: Yeah, it, it's, it's been a really good group, and they, they kind of feed off of each other, um, you know, and, and I'm I'm excited to actually get them all on the same sideline, you know, because now you're, you're taking, instead of rotating five guys or six guys, you're rotating eight or nine, and how much better can we be when they're fresh and guys are in in certain situations? Um, but it's it's been a common theme this spring. You know, our O-line has gotten better um, because of our D-line. You know, I think those guys have done a really good job of competing. I would probably say from a consistency standpoint, standpoint they've been really good um that's kind of been the mode of, of of all spring um they've been making some plays and it's been multiple guys you know that's 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 what you look for not just one guy who's you know making a lot of plays it's been multiple guys which is good it gives me a lot of confidence um that will be a good defensive front which you got to start stopping the run
1: and finally talking to coach on saturday one of the things that was asked of him just to talk about what happens now so what's the next step After this is all done, you start breaking that film down, right? You start making plans for the fall. What's the next step after the spring game?
3: Um, So our players have not been able to go home due to COVID for, it's about a year, um, since all of them have really been able to take some time and go home. Obviously, some of them have been able to get home because they're close. Um, But we're going to send our guys home for the month of May and and give them time to kind of recharge. And what we're going to do as coaches in that month is we're going to Uh, attack this recruiting you know with the new rules that are coming in uh we're going to attack this recruiting from a recruiting standpoint of getting to know all of these recruits that are in the area figuring out when they're going to get here to campus uh figuring out when we're going to get them in camp um then we're going to start um you know throughout the month of may we'll go back and we'll do all our spring cut-ups and clean up okay what plays can we really run efficiently um you know both offense defense special teams then we're going to start breaking down our opponents. You know, we'll start going through the schedule and getting a pre-breakdown. So when our guys come back in June, we've already got uh, spring cut-ups and corrections ready for them. We've already got some pre-season work on our opponents so they can start thinking about that. And then obviously, as we move deeper into it, we'll be able to get into the recruiting and camps and all that in June.
1: So a good overall spring game for the Thundering herd. You had a chance to see a little bit, not the complete package, but you got to see a little bit of what's going on with the football program under Coach Huff. And the green beats the black team. Guess what? If you're on the green team, guess what you're eating right now? Steak. You're eating steak right now. And if you're on the black team, you're eating hot dogs and beans. Coach Huff tweeting that out, uh, or at least – Putting that out there in the Herd football camp. It's steak for the winners, hot dogs and beans for the losers. Everyone's happy, though. That's how it used to be. I mean, you would get, like, if you won, you get, like, the really good meal. And if you lost, you, you didn't get the good meal. Not to say, I, look, I'm down for hot dogs and beans. But steak? I mean, what would you rather have, Nick? Steak or hot dogs and beans? If, if you could only eat one, which one would you have? That would be steak for sure. Right? Yeah, grilled. You know, medium, well, well, I mean, what do you, what do you, uh, you like a little bloody? What do you like your steak? Medium. Medium, okay. Medium, that's fine, you know. Get a little steak, a little uh, like AM1 sauce on it, a little bit there. Sometimes. Okay. I'm trying to pull it out of now. I got you like for a week and a half, man. I'm going to pull it out of you eventually. Nick Verzellini, our intern and our producer this afternoon, Paul Swan, your host. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to wrap it up when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930.
0: You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
1: We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Pulse One. your host, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again. And if you um, can't be with us tomorrow or any day, you can always download the podcast of the show. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio. If I've named something and you don't have it, but you get your podcast somewhere else, we're probably there too. So wherever you get your podcast, is we're going to find the drive with Paul Swan. So appreciate everyone who uh, listens to the program live or on our many many different ways for you can listen to it on demand. And uh, it was a fun show today with Chris Grassy. Appreciate him for coming on. Thundering heard very busy weekend and for the most part very successful. Uh, good stuff with baseball. Good stuff with softball. Uh, tennis did not have such a good outing with Syracuse getting set for the Conference USA Tournament. We'll try to get Coach Mercer on later this week to talk to him. And, of course, you know we've got soccer to get ready for here in the next couple weeks. It's going to be May 2nd, and uh, it's going to be, I believe, 1 p.m. is uh, the latest info on that. It's a 1 p.m. kickoff, May 2nd. In Wilson, North Carolina, we'll have more information as made available to us. That's gonna do it for this edition. I want to thank our producer, Nick Berzolini, losing you here at the end of the month. Losing Nick at the end of the month. I gotta. I, I don't know if we're gonna throw a goodbye party or just throw you out. I don't know which is gonna happen yet, but we'll figure it out. For Nick, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of the drive.